Welcome to Pawtastic Friends, the Paw Talk. In this podcast, we visit with Pawtastic Friends founder Michael and Melissa Novelli about their passion around providing enrichment training for rescue dogs. We'll tell the stories of Pawtastic Friends through their work with rescue dogs. There are some heartwarming stories. There are some heartbreaking stories. But I know you'll enjoy this podcast, Pawtastic Friends, The Paw Talk. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back again with Michael and Melissa Novelli, co-founders of Pawtastic Friends. Guys, great to be back. Great to see you, Tom. Great to be here. Who are the dogs we get to feature in this episode? So a couple of the dogs that are currently in the program is Athena and Sable. And then we're going to talk about the wonderful little Otis who got adopted. So let's start with Athena. So Athena is five years old and she has been in rescue with our friends at Kiss My Paws for three years now. Her backstory is she was abandoned in an apartment and her owners basically discarded her like trash. Since then, she's bounced around to different foster homes, but she hasn't quite found her place yet in the world. She is an energetic girl. She is very sweet, loves everybody she meets. She's interested in problem solving. She likes agility. She's very attentive. And she just is working hard to be her very best. What kind of dog is she, Melissa? She is a is she boxer, yeah, like, like a boxer pit mix. Like all of us, kind of like a mixture. <laughs> yeah, she, she is, she's, Beautiful dog. when she found her way back to rescue, she was very heavy in weight. So since then, she's trimmed down. She's very athletic and she just, uh, beauty brains the total package. Guys, a lot of people are afraid of pit bulls and of boxers, and now you've got a pit boxer mix. Can you tell us, can you disabuse these people of the wrong ideas about both of those breeds? What they're always hearing on the media is always the bad stories about a pit bull, and most of the time the news says it's a pit bull, and they don't even know what breed it is. Boxers are just big, goofy dogs. I love boxers because they're just, they're all over the place. But what's your opinion on the pit bulls and what people think? I love the pitties. I am more afraid of the little dogs yeah. <laughs> than the big dogs. And if you recall way back when, pit bulls were known as nanny dogs. That goes all the way back to the little rascals with Petey. They were nanny dogs. They're good with kids. And to be honest with you, it's the way you raise them. Exactly. And there's a lot of bad people out there that raise them the wrong way. And then there's people like Michael and Us. I <laughs> who have a Bentley and we had Bridget and you just have to be a responsible pet owner. And when you adopt a dog, it's for life. So that means teaching them, nurturing them and teaching them the right way to be. It's like having a kid. If you teach a kid and you ignore them and you teach them bad, they do bad. They become a product of their environment. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so how about Sable? So Sable, she's new to the program, and she is another senior. She is 10 years old. She lived with her family all her life. 
and found her way back into rescue. She loved coming as I watched the videos of her. It was only supposed to be three weeks that I had an open spot, but after I saw how much she enjoyed it, I called Kathy at Samadhi and I said to her, oh no, I said, I'm making a spot for her. And she said, oh, but I thought that you were limited. I go, I am, but I watched on the video and that's all it took for me. And if this is what brings her enjoyment, I'm not going to be the one to take that away from her. She's beautiful. What kind of dog is she, Melissa? She is, I want to say a lab, lab mix and very sweet, very gentle. Like I said, she's 10 years old. So this gives her a break from her kennel to come to a place where she can do whatever she wants. She can learn, she could play with toys, she can go on agility equipment, she can sniff around, she could do doggy yoga. And what I like with seniors, both big dogs and small dogs, what I like is for them to come to the center and not necessarily do all the hard stuff. I like to use it as a learning tool for like doggy, doggy fitness. So they go on the yoga ball, they go on the fit bone and do stretching and stuff like that. Because just like with humans, fitness is good for them. And we've had several senior dogs and one being Boo who came that it's just changed their life. It's changed their quality of life because it's giving them like a reason. Their bones aren't as sore, their joints are as stiff. So that's what I like to gear the seniors curriculum towards as being fit and keeping the mind exercised as well. And the thing that we really like is when a lot of the transports say they got close to the building, the dogs know where they're going and they get so excited. And a lot of the dogs, they don't want to leave. They're having fun because a lot of them that are in boarding, it's a very stressful environment. So what kind of home do you think that Sable would be good in? Should she be in a home with Younger dogs, puppies, middle-aged dogs, other older dogs, or should she be by herself? To be honest with Sable, I think she would do great with an older retired couple, someone that can give all their attention, all their time to her, maybe a home that has a yard where she can go out and take a leisurely stroll or sunbathe or maybe jump in the pool for some mobility help. But I think most importantly, what she would love is just a couch to crash on. Our success this episode is Otis. So tell us about Otis, his forever family, and how you guys were able to help place it. Go ahead, because Otis, Otis, when I first met Otis, all I heard was (laughs) nonstop. This dog for weeks would just bark, wouldn't let the trainer near, and her, Otis Went after her about 40 times. Oh my Lord. Otis, I was like, oh, wow, this dog is going to be a handful. But once again, the center did what it was supposed to do. So Otis is probably about maybe four pounds, maybe six pounds. He's like this small. He's a pine size from a distance cutie. Like you see him and you're like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And as soon as you make an attempt to get near him, it's. And even when the first time I met him, his foster, Donna, who's using, she's fostered many dogs and brought them to training and stuff. When I met her outside, all he did was bark. And the dog inside was like looking around because he heard him barking from the outside. When he came in, he was very hard to work with. He went after the trainer. I think he went after Michael's a couple times. 
And this cute little boy had suffered a lot of trauma. When his owner surrendered him, he grabbed him by the leash and just hung him and handed him to them. And so he was very weary, which is obviously expected of new people. But each week you saw a little more improvement, a little more improvement. And one of our dear friends, Anula, fell in love with him. And she was coming to the last few sessions to try to help him work through his stranger danger. And stole her heart, just everybody that saw him. But again, he had a lot of issues that needed a patient adopter. So when we got the call that he got adopted, we were like, oh my gosh, happy tears, because this was a dog that we thought was probably going to take some time. And his rescue, Jody at Wagging Tails, yeah. she's amazing. And she takes a chance on all these small dogs. And some of them are easier than others. And it starts there with somebody that takes a chance and believes in them. Then they come to the center and now their support system is getting bigger and bigger. And his adopter saw him, fell in love. And believe it or not, when he met them, he went right to them. No issues. He went right to them. We have a picture of him and his mom and she's holding him close. So the transformation for Otis was probably one of the most memorable for me that the center did what it should have done. And what's great about these rescues that we work with and train their dogs, we're so overloaded with dogs here in Las Vegas and Southern Nevada that if Otis was in the shelter for an extended period of time, he would have been labeled as a behavior dog and he wouldn't be here anymore. So shout out to all the rescues across the United States that trust in these dogs and help them. We're just a small part of helping rehabilitate these dogs and helping change their lives. Shout out to the ones that believe in the underdog. Yes. Now we move on to our health tip or tip of the week. And this series of podcasts, we've been focusing on the heat and we talked about how a dog can have a heat stroke, the signs of a heat stroke. We talked a little bit about what you might do if a dog does go down. But I wanted to maybe ask you guys, and I bring this up, Michael, because you suggested on our last episode, hey, just keep them indoors. Use the air conditioning. Okay, I've taken your advice, but what can I do to maybe keep the dog engaged when they can't get outside other than when they have to do their business? A lot of times we all come home from work, we're tired. When the dogs have been waiting all day for us, make sure you're spending time with your dogs. It's easy to go lay on the couch and throw the dog a bone or something like that and go play with it, but engage, build that bond, especially if it's a newer dog, you know, that you have, and even an older dog. Bentley here, now he's 11 years old and I'm tired from working all day, but you know what? Bentley's getting my attention because he's been waiting all day for me. No, don't and, let and, him fool you. And, he's and, on the couch and Bentley's on the couch next yeah. to him. Yeah, not today. <laughs> but another thing that we do, and we do this with Bentley every day. So we feed him in the morning, he gets his cucumbers and carrots. And then we do nose work to work his mind and wear out a little of his energy because we're working, it's too hot outside. So nose work is great. We do it at the center with boxes. You could do it in your house with boxes. If you don't have boxes, we hide maybe 15 to 20 treats, little just small training treats or things that he could chew really quick. We'll hide them under a pillow or under one of his toys. And we do it two or three times a day and he loves it. They don't need to be outside because that concrete and even the AstroTurf, people don't think about it. That AstroTurf gets hotter than the concrete. It's, yep. if you have 
injury to your dog's paws, it's going to be so painful that it's horrific. And with the nose work, what that is like a mental workout, that's as much as taking a mile, two mile walk. So it exerts a lot of energy. Um, I just want to add to a couple other things. You can stuff a Kong with treats. That helps. They have lick mats that are available where you could put like peanut butter and stuff on. You could freeze it. That keeps the dogs busy for hours. You could even make things super easy. And you can use like, let's say like a muffin pan and put tennis balls in the holes and hide a treat in there. There's snuffle mats. There's where you can perhaps use like a bowl and freeze, make a big ice cube for them and put treats in their toys. And that licking sensation keeps them busy for a long time to get to the, like, like the center of the Tootsie Roll. And it exerts a lot of energy because they want to get to the good stuff. Yeah. So there's so many things and people, what they can do is they can just go on to Google, like enrichment training at home and it's do it yourself. And there are so many cool enrichment tools that you can utilize with simple things laying around your house. Plastic bottles, you could throw them in there. We we created some things for uh, our friends out at Friends for Life. Tom, one of our awesome volunteers, he built these PVC pipes with holes in them. We're going to put treats in, they'll spin them around and you don't have to spend a ton of money on things. You can create your own, use things around the house. Well, guys, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time. We've got the QR code up for Potastic Friends. But if someone wanted more information from the internet variety, where would you suggest they go? They can go right to our website, potasticfriends.com. We're always looking for donors because our 5,000 square foot building is not cheap to run. And we're always looking for people that want to help out and change lives. They can also visit our Facebook page, Podtastic Friends, and then go on YouTube and check out the Paw Talk. The Paw Talk. Guys, thanks again. I look forward to getting back together next time. Tom, thanks for everything. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. All right. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you'll consider a donation to Podtastic Friends. They perform a great service. They're great people and they enrich the lives of dogs, of people, of their trainers, and a wide variety of others. I've linked to Potastic Friends in the show notes. You can check out a video of Darling if you're interested in taking a look at adopting her. Potastic Friends, The Paw Talk is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.